0: Today, as evidenced by all of these candles with these beautiful faces on them, um, is All Saints Sunday. We celebrate the gift of all the saints, those living and those who have passed away, understanding that the community that we share in God is not limited by the grave. We are all interconnected in God's infinite love. It's an incredible promise. It also means that we just celebrated Halloween. Halloween. I love Halloween. It's such fun to go around to uh, our neighbors with our little tiny pirates and vampires and Ruth Bader Ginsburgs and get all kinds of wonderful Halloween treats. It's a really special night because we live really siloed, right? We often aren't able to, to visit with our neighbors like it used to be. It used to be that communities were interconnected and reliant on one another, but now we just sort of might wave every once in a while. We're not very connected to our neighbors. So it's really fun to have a time when when we can be that connected and just for no other reason but then to say trick or treat and get something sweet. We can knock on the doors. Our neighborhood where we live is a fantastic Halloween trick or treating place because two of my neighbors have actual haunted houses on their properties and they, have, they go to great lengths to have spooky fun for the kids. And many of them give out the elusive and prized full-size candy bars. So that's fun for the kids, not the parents. Unless, of course, the parents are able to keep them. So I like spooky fun, I like talking to my neighbors, I like candy, I like cosplay, Halloween is fantastic. One thing that I don't really understand that goes along with Halloween is the whole horror movie and haunted house stuff. No, thank you. The last horror movie that I saw was Children of the Corn 28 years ago when I was in middle school. It cured me for horror films for life. Never again. I learned my lesson. I run pretty hyper already, and the thought of being terrified on purpose is pretty terrible. So recently I saw something really wonderful that I wanted to share with you this morning, and that is pictures of people mid-fright in a haunted house. Matthew, would you run those slides? Is he back there? Can you run the slides, Millie? Can you do, can you hit, hit the space bar? Or Cindy, if she can come out here. There you go. There's several, so... Don't they just warm your heart? They're hilarious. These people paid for this, by the way. They paid to be terrified. Is there any more? Is that the last one? Why do people feel compelled to pay to be terrified? Right? It's, it's, I guess it's exhilarating. From the looks of those faces, they probably burned several hundred calories just screaming and running. But I think that there's something to be said about being scared and then realizing it was nothing and just pretend and everything is okay and your heart is beating really hard in your chest, but it also feels really great to still be alive. We can control horror movies and haunted houses. These are things that we elect to experience and they can be turned off and walked away from. One can get a funny picture like this um, of the event or dress up like a sociopath or fascist for Halloween, but it's all pretend. It doesn't have to be permanently scary. One cannot do the same for the horrors of this world. We can't be heartsick about the destruction happening from the forest fires in California, and then just walk away relieved that it was just a movie. Whew, thank goodness that's not really true, right? We can't wipe our brows from the cold sweat that comes when we hear of yet another child who has been ripped from their parents for no other reason than they were trying to get to a better life, dying in US custody on our nation's border, and think, oh, what a terrifying haunted house concept. Thank goodness that's not real. One cannot turn off, as one does a scary movie, the reality of a terrible diagnosis or an unexpected death in the family Or a betrayal that destroys relationships. There are so many horrors that cannot be avoided in this life. And so we pretend that everything is fine, and then we pay to be scared and then relieved again, so that it seems as though we can control what terrifies us. All Saints' Day begs to differ. All Saints Day is a not-so-gentle reminder that we do not need to make up bumps in the night to be freaked out by. There are plenty of those already just intertwined in regular life, but that we must learn to entrust our hearts, our souls, and our futures, and those that we love to God, no matter what. All Saints Day stands up to the notion that we can save ourselves and control our exposure to terrifying things or walk away unscathed by this world. We light candles for those who have died and those who have been baptized because All Saints Day reminds us of a profound truth. We do not save ourselves. Only God does that. God's love and grace are what give us hope as we entrust our path to God. A path that connects us in God's great mystery and grace to everything. In our Daniel text, Daniel had a really freaky dream, one that he would have liked to just walk away from, but one that reminded him of the truth, that all kings and rulers will come along claiming to be all-powerful and life-changing, but the only thing that is eternal is the power of God. Paul wrote to the Christians at Ephesus, warning them to not put their hope in anything other than God. And finally, Jesus spoke to all the ways that we humans like to grasp for power and control on the Sermon on the Plains. In this sermon, Jesus dismantled everything that keeps us feeling like we're doing okay and safe, and he exposes it for a sham. He takes our safety blankets and torches them. As a parent, I cannot express or emphasize enough how important our children's lovies are. Amen? These are very, very important. A child's favorite stuffed animal, or blanket, or in Abram Hook's case, a toy school bus, they're like talismans to our kids. They they hold almost like a magical power for comfort. I've known parents to go out and buy out the store of whatever their child's lovey is, to make sure that if they ever accidentally left them on a plane or at grandma's or wherever, they would have a backup. You do not want to try to put a toddler to bed without their special lovey. Far scarier than a horror movie. As it turns out, however, that blanket or lovey or school bus does not hold any actual power. They're just something for that child to hold on to. Something familiar. Something that they have given significance. Something that that child can turn to for comfort in their fear of the unknown. But it will never save them. Sound familiar? We adults do this too. Our levies are things like our paychecks. Our homes. Our 401Ks, our right doctrine, a stocked pantry, a full tank of gas, a life insurance policy, a good, steady job. We chuckle to ourselves as our children fall asleep clinging to their levees. And then we fall asleep soundly after making sure the doors to our houses are locked. And our electric bills are paid. And checking our, making sure that our checking account is in the black. And let's be clear, Jesus was not saying in this sermon on the plains that, that, that having things was wrong or terrible. All these woe things that he says, they're not, they're not to be negatively ascribed. Woe in this context meant more like, look out or watch out. Something's coming for you. It was about a reminder that none of these things will bring real, actual peace or transcendence or safety or escape from the horrors of life. None of those things are going to protect you. Inversely, at least the folks who do not have them know that they can experience God without it. That is why Jesus calls them blessed. For those that lit the candles this morning, you know that. Your hearts were ripped in half this year. You lost someone so special to you. But I would guess that you still felt God's presence. Folk that have been stripped from the comforts and security of this world know that all they have is God's grace, and it is somehow miraculously sufficient. All Saints Sunday is a reminder that regardless of what helps us sleep at night, all we truly have at the end of the day is God's grace. God is what cannot be taken from us. Nothing can separate us from that. Not the horrors of this world, not the comforts of this world, not trouble, not success, not even death. So where today, church, do you find your comfort? If you find it in your external circumstances, look out. Watch yourself. Whoa. I am happy and grateful for you. If you have a good 401k and your cholesterol is on point, keep it up. Well done. But know that those things won't set you free to live and move and have your being in God. Those things won't remind you that as the body of Christ You are the fullness of the one who fills all of creation. On that day when we light your candle here, your 401k won't be accessible from the grave. And you won't be able to sit comfortably knowing that your job awaits you on Monday morning, or that your career trajectory is going in the right way, or that that cholesterol is still real good. You will not be concerned by those things anymore because you will know beyond the shadow of a doubt that your life belongs in the love and grace of God. But good news. You do not have to wait until you die to live in that reality. You can live in it now. It is God's gift to you, saints of God. Today may we glimpse what that letting go might mean, the joy and surrender of it, the fullness of it, the joy and peace of it. May we unclench our fists around our human-made things that we find security in and let go into the flow of God, the mystery, the already and not yet, the prophetic life, the amazing grace, the unconditional love, and the resurrection. Happy All Saints Day, saints of God. Amen. Let's sing together.